and Merry Christmas! Welcome to episode 9 of the Super Classy Midwest Sports Podcast. Our beloved Kansas City Chiefs got a nice early Christmas present last week. But look out because the Kansas City Chiefs are the number one seed in the AFC division. Heading into the big showdown against Big Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers at Arrowhead Stadium on Sunday afternoon. Hello everyone, we are live and direct from the Man Cave on the Super Christmas Weekend. I am your host, the C-Dizzle, and with me as always, it's a doc himself, the Hype Man. Hype Man, how you doing, sir? Dude, I'm doing good, brother, and yourself? Oh man, I'm excited, man. I'm ready, man. I'm enjoy a nice little... Christmas vacation on the road and uh, watch the Chiefs on Sunday. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Uh, speaking of Chiefs, I know they're heavy in our hearts right now with the COVID outbreak. Yes, sir. Um, you know, I think if it's going to happen, I guess we'd, we'd let it happen now. But, man, I'm hoping we can get the guys back on back on the field without any 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 complications. I don't want anyone ending up with a COVID toe like Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I totally agree, sir. Yeah, totally but, agree. <laughs> but now, nah, man. I, hey, before we get started here, I guess we'll we'll start out with um, you know PC apology to all those listeners. Um, you know, um, who might be offended by what we have to say. We're sorry. So. Yeah, and if you don't like anything we like to say or want to not talk about a topic because you're offended. You can email us with uh, at we do not care we don't care at yahoo.com. Yep. We don't care yahoo.com. Care spelled with a K. No yep. posh V. Yep. Hey, as an aside, before we get going on this episode, I know I always like to, to comment about last week's episode. Which is very different compared to this week. Yep. All right. A couple things. Uh, I went back and listened to the episode. And, dude, something I keep doing, I don't know why I've done this twice, is I refer to uh, the Cleveland Browns as Cincinnati. I've, I've <laughs> Twice now on this show, I have made a comment about Odell leaving Cincinnati, and, and I don't know why. It's Cleveland. So It's, it's Cleveland. Dude, Come on, it's yeah, Cleveland. When I do that again. Um, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, when, when I do that again, we'll have to get a good laugh at it. But, um, dude, there's another side. All right, we did that episode on the NHL and, and basically players, college players signing endorsement deals and wondering, like, where do we draw the line and when is it too much, you know? <laughs> Um, I saw a high school junior signed an ideal for $1 million already. And he's, he's a junior in high school. All right. And uh, as another side, all of the linemen for the University of Texas's football team are going to make fifty grand next year That's as, crazy. as a part of some sort of pancake um, fundraiser charity drive. So That's insane. Yep, your lineman going to Texas, fifty grand right there. Boom. So that is crazy. That that makes it that's gonna make it tough for, for teams to compete. But Well that's that's Texas for you and they got all the money because of the Longhorn network and all that. So. Yeah, it's disgusting. Dude, Longhorn's down. One thing you mentioned though before the show uh, was that top recruit who flipped to Jackson State from Florida State. Uh, is it true he's made he he made he's got a one point five million dollars in endorsement deals? Coming? Oh yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, wow, crazy. I mean, it must be nice when you when your coach is prime time Deion Sanders, you know. So wow. But so, hey, man. Uh, so I came. I showed up today uh, tonight here to the studio, and saw Santa Claus on the on the uh, on the on the roof earlier. And I guess he brought us in like a really special guest tonight, didn't he? Uh, you sure you're not talking about my lawn gnome up front? No, I don't. No, it wasn't a lawn. It was no, just, it wasn't a lawn. No, it was, okay. It was well, a nice Santa Claus brought. I think Santa Claus brought us in a 
Well, either way, we got a special guest today. And, we do. Uh, it's, it's an it's, early Christmas present. It's going to be a great episode. You know, I know we gave out a hint last week. We said we we're going to do CTE, and we we're going to have a special guest from uh, Washburn alum with us, and we do. So, Dill, yeah. you want to you do, do the yeah, pleasure here? Yeah, I definitely do. So, ladies and gentlemen, with us tonight is a good friend of the show. He is a seaman grad and a proud and a also a former college football player from the University of Washburn and also won the Mineral Water Bowl while he was there. He's also the two-time champion of the Garcoon Fantasy Football League, also a Havoc golfer like me, the only guy in Topeka to outdrive the 2019 United States Open champion Gary Woodland. That's a fact. Also the manager of Hit 'Em Like Happy in the group of Goons Fantasy Hockey League. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, from Topeka, Kansas, the Triple D, the Big D himself, Mr. Big D, Neely. Thank you, thank you. Hey, doing doing great, fellas. Uh, pleasure to be a part of the 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 crew today. Um, yep, yeah, absolutely. You know? Great having you, man. Not every day we get a 2004 Mineral Bowl champion. You know, yeah, right? you know, uh, accomplishments uh, were definitely great. I believe during the 2004 season, my best accomplishment is a scout team player of the week. Um, but you know what? <laughs> God bless you. You got to have the scout team to get them starters ready to roll. That's True right, story. That's right. And I'll tell True you, story. That, that little championship ring you got on your finger there is, is kind of blinding my eyes when the light hits, it just, hits those diamonds. It's right, man. That, yeah. thing is, that thing is nice. It is Blind, nice. Blinded by the light, fellas. Totally understand. <laughs> Dude, hey, that is cool. You know what? I never I never got one of those when I was playing college ball. And yeah. I, I, well, I never got scout team player of the week either, for that matter. And I, 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 I'll tell you what, I've been happy with either one. So, shoot, hey, cheers to you, man. Cheers to you. Welcome to the cheers. show. Cheers. Yeah. So. Hey, we got to ask you right away, brother. Who, you know, I mean, who got slapped? Who would you slap? You know, gentlemen, there's only one real answer for this, and his name is Tom Brady. Oh. That son of a gun. Absolutely. That son of a gun is still doing it. I don't know how. He can't throw the football very well. (laughs) I don't know how he can still run to and from the field, and he's real good at laying down when large defensive linemen are coming after him. Right. But, man. (laughs) You totally totally stole the words from my lips. I would would just love to slap him. Well, apparently apparently he could throw the, the iPad farther than he could throw, you know, well, the tablet, further than you can throw a football. Oh, yes, gosh. yes, and I appreciate you correcting yourself on the iPad because the NFL is definitely sponsored by Microsoft Surface. Um, they do not use iPads uh, on the field, allegedly. Yeah, right. and you know what? I'm pretty sure that tablet was broken, so they can't use that in a commercial. So. <laughs> but, yeah, man, he, he definitely has the most slappable face in all sports. He does. You know what really made him, what really made me crack up even more is when he was, he was crying about it on a podcast on Monday. That he that players need to the officials need to flag players that hit either receivers or quarterbacks below the knees, yeah. and it's just like Tom Brady just just shut up and play football, man. Yeah, he's he's annoying. Come on. Someone asked me the other day if I was watching that documentary on him. Oh, I'm not. And uh, <laughs> and I I paused for a second. And they're like, what's what's wrong? I was like. Nothing. I just threw up in my mouth. (laughs) Sorry. No, I've never watched it. I have not watched an episode. I'm planning on not watching an episode of that. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, Neil. It's it's great to have you on the show today, brother. It is. So, hey, something we got to do before we get into this CTE discussion, which I'm I'm really looking forward to. This is a topic I'm really passionate about, and I've been following these stories for years, and and. 
I wouldn't be surprised if we do another CT episode later on down the show. But all right, so we were without the internet in the man cave last week. Uh, man, that was rough for a day or two, but life goes on. And uh, I, we mentioned that we were going to do some stats on on Steph Curry versus the NBA. Hold on. Is it Steph or Seth? It you is, said Seth last week. Dude, I dude, I did say Seth. And you know what's <laughs> weird? I wrote down Steph, and I, I still said that. So that's probably signs of my CT right there. Where I'm getting the Curry brothers com- confused, and I don't know if Odell played in Cleveland or Cincinnati, but I know it was in Ohio. So <laughs> You're kind of close. <laughs> yeah, either way, so we're talking about Steph Curry, probably the greatest uh, downtown shooter long-distance shooter in the history of basketball. And I, we just got to go over some of these stats because it's unreal. All right. So, as we know, he now holds the record for the most three-pointers made in, in in the history of NBA. And he currently has 2,977 made three-pointers. Okay. Wow. It took him 789 games to break the record that Ray Allen set in 1,300 games. All right. Wow. So, so That's think about crazy. that. He beat that record in 511 games faster than than Ray Allen. Okay, that's crazy. All right, so some other stats that we found here online, dude. Ray Allen, or I'm sorry, Steph Curry is the first player to have 300 three pointers made in a season. All right, so think about that. You got one guy on your team that made 300 threes in a year. That's phenomenal. That's a, in that's, fact. Yeah. He has four seasons where he made 300 or more three pointers in a year. The rest of the NBA combined has only done this once. All right? All right. He has also got the record for the most games where he made over 10 three-pointers, and that is at 22. So he's played 22 games where he made 10 or more three-pointers. All right. Second place is Clay Thompson, and he has only played uh, five games where he's made 10 or more threes. Well, also, Clay Thompson is also on the bench all year, too, because he can't stay healthy. Well, either way, he is... Steph is owning that record. Yeah, and uh, well, what's funny is a lot of those three pointers that Steph is making, he's getting the assists off Clay Thompson. And uh, I know, or uh, Adrian, uh, uh, Adrian Green too. And that was Draymond some, Green. Draymond. Draymond. Green, yeah. 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 Sorry. yeah. Sorry. All right. Anyways, dude. So back to Steph, dude. He played. He's had three entire seasons where he made uh, five or more threes a game. All right, so three seasons, full seasons, where he made over five five or more three-pointers a game. The rest of the NBA, all time combined, has no one has ever done that. Yeah, that's crazy. He's done that three times, all right? In fact, 2015 was a good year for him. In fact, I don't think anybody came close to beating him that year. Nope. And uh, he made 402 three-pointers that year. That's in fact, in 2015, he shot 90% from the free throw line, 50%. From the field and 40% from the behind the arch. He made 45.4% of his three pointers in 2015. You know, I like to go back to when he his days at Davidson and look at his how awesome of three point shooter he was. Because I mean, he singly yeah, he was such a great player, Davidson. Oh yeah, he we was a great player. Star. And he almost singly handily beat KU in the 08 semifinals. Oh, he played great. We he played, played like 45, 50 points that game? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think he had 45, and he, 45, and he had the game winner and it rimmed out. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, and I personally am not a huge Steph Curry fan, but the one thing that I will say is is unequivocally that man has changed basketball. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, when you see kids practicing 
shots significantly behind the three-point line and understanding the benefit of being able to go down the court and have an opportunity to put one more point on the board than does your opponent, uh, you know, three-pointer versus two-pointer. That's pretty darn impressive. So not a fan, but I respect the heck out of the guy. Um, and, uh, you know, the other thing that I like about him, he's never in the news for the wrong reasons. Oh no, he's oh, a, no. he is a classy guy for sure. He is. Yeah, he's he. I think I think he's a Christian man. He's he's a classy guy. Yeah, yeah. And it was funny because uh, last well, I was watching Sports Center today, and he even put uh, he even tweeted out Davidson beating Alabama last night, which was an unbelievable win for Davidson. Yeah. Well, you know, and well, SEC sucks at basketball. Yeah. Fact, um, fact. Uh, <laughs> you know, Alabama enjoy your preseason high ranking. Um, it looks like we're back to reality, and I think that trash called Mizzou might even come into town and whoop that booty uh, if the opportunity presents itself. So tell us, tell us. So you're talking about Missouri, and we're talking about SEC basketball. Just real quick, not very long, but just a little bit. Just tell us how the atmosphere was at the Fieldhouse when you went to the game uh, against Missouri. Well, um, there were no empty seats in the arena. I bet not. I bet not. Um, uh, something that kind of disturbed me at the time was the Chick-fil-A food vendor um, in the concourse was out of chicken sandwiches. Oh, um, man. And, and, you know, that just tells you <laughs> that everyone coming to the arena was ready to get a snack and watch the game, and that was pregame. No. So, uh, you know, but what it come down to is the Jayhawk fans are classy, um, they probably could have started the rock chalk chant in the first half comfortably, mm -hmm. yeah. but they yep. did not start that chant yeah, until under it. two minutes. Yeah, we, we always save it. Yep. Dude, yep. That, that's a great point, though. There are not enough Chick-fil-A's in the world, and this is something that we got to figure out as a society. So well, yeah. We need, I want to know. We need, same way we need, Taco Bell. We need more, more Chick-fil-A's. We need more Chick-fil-A's and more Taco Bell, because I'm yeah. tired of going to Taco Bell at, you know, two. Th Three o'clock in the afternoon because I want I want some tacos. Yeah, and there's and there's a line that's yeah, going out to the freaking highway or yeah, interstate. It's, it's ridiculous, dude. So a few more things. Steph Curry will move on. Uh, he 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 uh, also holds the record for most consecutive games making a three pointer, and that's 157. And I think he he owns that record by like 30 games. All right, the game that he he uh, the record snapped. He went over 10 behind the arch against the 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 Chicago Bulls. I think he was injured, so. Yeah, but yeah, only unanimous MVP in the history of the NBA. Yeah, so, yeah. So, right, cheers so. to you. Yeah, Steph on. So, anyways, moving on, dude. CTE. That's what we got you here for, Daily. Great to have you, man. I think um, we've had plenty of discussions about it, but I think before we get going, maybe we can give our our listeners sort of an overview of what CTE is. You know, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Yep. That's a big that's word. That's a mouthful. It's a mouthful. <laughs> and, and, I give you props for just saying the word right, because I know I couldn't do it. <laughs> and and what does that word mean? Well, it's basically brain damage to the frontal lobes of your brain from repeat uh, blows to the head, basically. And it's a it's a pretty serious condition that they can't diagnose until after you're dead, and they, they cut your brain open and take a look at it. That's a that's a major problem with the CT right now is we can't really diagnose it till someone's passed. Um, but what are the symptoms and the traits of CT? Well, uh, the major trait is personality changes, which makes sense because when you got damage to the frontal lobe, you know that's a big part of your your executive functioning and 
um, sort of, you know, memory and ability to, to plan and make decisions and a lot of your personalities up there as well. So, um, people with CTE tend to have poor impulse control. So they do things without thinking, uh, they have memory problems. I know that's a common thing we're seeing here. Brett Favre, uh, can't remember where he put his keys or anything. He basically can't remember entire seasons of playing football. I know Larry Johnson, former chief, uh, he's got a lot of memory problems as well, too. Other symptoms of CTE are paranoia, uh, emotional volatility, poor decision-making, uh, rage, violent tendencies, uh, increased anxiety, sleep difficulties, and uh, some people, such as myself, have experienced uh, a loss of smell. So I know that's something that's, something that's something I've experienced after playing college ball and, and moving into middle age years, I really can't smell very much. And so I'm the last person in the room to smell fart, but <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a blessing, not a curse. On that hey, one, I'll sir. Tell you, man, when you, you know, when you can't smell all the time, it's, it's, it's all right. But there's a lot of times, you know, people are like, well, can you smell it? And I'm like, no, I really don't smell anything. But, so you're telling me you go to China pavilion, you can't smell the good, awesome Chinese food? I can smell that Chinese food from, <laughs> from a mile away, man, that's for sure. You know, I love China pee, and I will never look in their kitchen because I love it and want to stay ignorant about it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's, that's the thing Kiku's. It's like, I love Kiku's. Don't get me wrong. It's the best Japanese. It's a really good Japanese restaurant, but I definitely don't want to go in their kitchen because yeah. I don't want to see how bad it is back there. Well, basically, talking about CT and all these symptoms, I'm led to believe any time a player acts up or does something that's kind of crazy or bizarre – it's a result of CTE, and we'll talk about some of these stories of, of players with it. But something I think is that we talk about here, you know, that's why we got on the show, Neely, is like, you know, CTE is sort of like our experience growing up playing football. You know, yes. I know, you know, you're a year older than me, and uh, concussions was never something that was addressed throughout my career playing football. I never remember uh, a team doctor or team coach talking about it. You don't. I don't really remember guys sitting out for a concussion or head injury unless they got just completely knocked out during a game and had no idea where they were at. But when when they describe see or uh, what what in uh, what entails a concussion now, I, I look back and realize, well, I've actually experienced this. Who knows how many times in my life? You know. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and they talk about you know where you're you're seeing stars or you're just a little disoriented or. You know, you get hit in the head and you got that headache, you know, that lasts for a few days. And Well, look at that guy from the Chargers last week, you know. I mean, he, yeah. he got – I mean, it didn't look like he got hit hard, but then when he tried to make that catch, mm-hmm. he hit his head so hard on the ground. What was his injury? Uh, the Grade three plus concussion. When you hit oh, the grade shoot. three, yeah. dude, he was knocked. He was out. knocked the, out. The grade three um, signifies a knockout. Oh, we a, saw it. They zoomed yeah. in on his face. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. Dude was done. They only he zoomed in done. once, yeah. and the cameras get off of it because yeah. the NFL and the networks they don't want people seeing that. No, nope. and what happened? And same. Well, I mean, um, Bridgewater wasn't Tony Bridgewater wasn't Teddy Bridgewater as serious. I don't think was it. Uh, you did know, they say I d- what stage it was. I didn't see any. I didn't, I didn't see his concussion. Yeah, and the stage. I think the stage term is a controversial thing because they're calling concussions concussions. Right. But there's a difference between getting a concussion when you see stars or forget what's going on. There's a concussion when you get knocked the f out. Yeah. A- and for a fact, the gentleman for the Chargers got knocked the f out. So he's going to have a headache for a couple of days. He probably is vomiting. You know, he's going to need to probably be in a dark room. Or he's yep. not very stimulated. Um, yeah, he was he was out, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he was. No, he was. 
Oh, I mean, he was out. He, he was out cold. He, he yeah. was out. Yeah. And he was still having tremors as they were carting him away. I saw that. Which is kind of freaking scary. Very yeah. scary. So so my point is, though, like, concussions never really anything is addressed, you know. Like I said, unless you were knocked out when, when, when I played football. Yeah, it, it, there, there was, there was a machismo surrounding it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very taboo to say, "Hey, my head ain't right." Yeah. Oh yeah, especially if you're competing for a position. Oh you know, yeah, which all of us were. Yeah, and I don't know about your experience, Doc. Coach wants someone that's tough and durable. Yeah. yeah. So, so I never had an experience where I was knocked out. I never had an experience to where I was completely disoriented or had significant headaches thereafter, mm-hmm. which is kind of uh, the the mystery behind the CTE. Um, so, yes, concussions can be a part of it. The other thing that I think is a larger part of it, and myself as an offensive lineman and uh, occasional scout team fullback, um, it was about the repetitive subconcussive blows. Yep, yep, um, yep. Through the years. This is the danger of linemen. Yeah, yeah. So through the years, I was coached and verbatim, son, use your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put your head in there. Get your head in it. And I was proud to have the most scarred up helmet Mm -hmm. on the entire team every single year, no matter what team it was. Um, and that probably didn't start till high school. I would say that the middle school was pretty pretty laid back. But start getting into high school, you know, I had the opportunity to do some varsity a little bit earlier than some of the other guys, and and man, I wouldn't I wouldn't as strong as those guys. Um, I was probably faster than the guys I was going up against. Um, and all I knew was how to work hard. And yeah. part of work hard is don't come off the field. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 I think the experience most college or most football players have throughout the country, and you know you think you know, the term be a headhunter. You know what I mean? Um, these were these are things that that you know players have instilled in them. So, you know, it, it's 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 interesting because we look at some of the stories of players in the past that have had CT. We all know Aaron Hernandez. That's like a very famous one. Yeah. You know, young guy. Uh, did some bizarre stuff, shot a few people. What? It was over an argument at a club. Yeah. yeah. I didn't think it was an argument. I think someone talked to someone in his crew, and he was mad that they talked to that person, I thought and it was he a shot girl- him. I thought it was a girlfriend. It could have been. Yeah, it yeah. It could have been a boyfriend, too. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, the uh, well, he shot revealed some interesting things about the man. Yeah. He shot a guy, I think his name was something, something Odin, Odom, and mm-hmm. uh, he was dating... Like the sister of of uh, Aaron's girlfriend, yeah, and that guy they were at a club, correct. and that guy talked to some dude that Aaron had beef with, so he went out and shot him. And there was obviously allegations that he had shot someone in another drive by situation. Yeah, um, either way, he ended didn't up, he didn't he get in a car wreck too on the way home from that from that, or didn't he do some like, damage to his car or something like that when he left the club that night? I thought I saw something or, or read I, that. I don't recall, but you very well could be correct. Well, the car hadn't been drove. He basically put the car in a garage and just left it there. Okay, for I thought. Like a year. Okay, I yeah. thought he wrecked it or yeah. something. No, no, the car had been sitting there. Just he didn't drive it after that incident. Oh, okay, but, I thought he wrecked it. I thought I saw something in a documentary. Yeah, so, on Netflix that he drove the car and it got a, an accident or did some damage to like the front bumper or something. I don't know. So I'm, well, I, I might either be wrong, way. So either way, he ended up committing commit suicide. You know, just like Junior Seau, who who knew he had CTE and purposely shot himself in the heart so they could examine his brain and after he's dead and he was dealing with severe depression and uh the emotional volatility that they're talking about horrible memory lapses 
you know, back to Brett Favre, you know, doesn't remember playing entire seasons. He can't remember where he put his keys or anything. Right. Um, in fact, he said, you know, I, I wish my grandkids would play golf instead of football, you know. Um, That's why I played golf. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, uh, uh, Doc, back to what you were saying about that was kind of ignored when we were playing 15-ish years ago. Yeah. Um, it was in 2005 that uh, Washburn first introduced some sort of a concussion protocol okay never discussed before this time um now years prior they had they had discussed like hey let's make sure people are hydrated and not dying from a dehydration situation that was the main focus when i played too yeah yep yeah so what they did and i believe they are still doing this um they made us answer a series of questions and it was timed, and it was general knowledge questions, mm. something along the lines of who is the current president of the United States. Factual retrieval. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it, and it was a timed thing. So you had your baseline that was done in the athletic training room. Every single one of the athletes on the football team had to do this. That's interesting because that's not necessarily information that would be stored in your frontal lobe. I'm just, okay. I'm just saying. So if okay. you want to, if we're testing the frontal lobe, that's a, that question isn't really a frontal lobe question, but. Yeah, so my my thoughts behind it involved, you know, hey, am I able to come up with this information, this general knowledge? And I have been on the field in which someone did get pretty well KO'd or had a fairly significant concussion. That dude couldn't remember his locker combination. Yeah. Like, yeah. so if you can't remember your locker combination, you're not going to be able to answer these questions in a timely manner. Yeah. But, uh yeah, it was it was it was very interesting how that came out. Um, I don't have a a great recollection of too many of the guys that season having it, but again, it still goes back to the taboo. Like, I don't want to say I'm hurt. You like, don't remember guys sitting out for concussions? Correct. Yeah. So my dad, uh, recently retired high school football coach, probably be in the Kansas Coach Hall of Fame someday, um, where he should where he should, where he belongs. Uh, said that they started putting in sensors into the helmets of these athletes, and if you get dinged real hard, a sensor goes out, and you got to come off the field. That's at the high school I, level or at the, the NFL school, level? High school level. Oh Dang. my! Yeah, he well, said. He said that that dinger goes off. You got to come out. You got to huh. get tested. Measuring g forces, and, and we know the the NFL has they an, have indi- helmets an independent person to do the evaluations. The Correct. Pro- yeah, to keep it unbiased. Well, don't they don't they have like a special helmet made in the NFL that so oh, they've changed the helmets altogether. The Dude, they, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've improved the heck out of the helmets from yeah. from our playing days. Right. So, so when when Antonio Brown, who might have CT himself, is insisting on wearing an old helmet, it didn't make a lot of sense because the new helmets are clearly superior as far as protection goes, and they got to be more comfortable too because helmets sucked. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll tell you um, another guy that that uh, had some pretty bad CT. Um, I know you know about this one, Dave, is uh, Chris Benoit. Former WCW and WWE superstar Chris Benoit. Yeah, yeah, that that guy um, had had pretty bad CT. So, um, you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, please, please, yeah, please I, do I definitely Dizzle. will. You know, I did a lot. Of, I did a lot of research on Chris Benoit uh, since we started talking about this. Uh, and uh, I mean, if no, if no one really knows him, he's a Canadian uh, professional wrestler. With uh, the WWE, World Wrestling Federation, and he uh, actually killed, had, killed was, his wife and his kids. Yeah, killed and his what, wife and his kids, and, and then sat in the house for a few days after they were dead. Yeah, and it was funny. Is or not funny? I'm sorry. 
But what happened was he killed his. <laughs> it's not funny. I, sure. I didn't. No, I didn't mean it that way. I'm sorry. <laughs> Ironic is the term. Yeah. Going so for yes. Uh, well, he uh, he killed his wife, Nancy, and then he killed his son, Daniel, uh, and then he actually put his son in his finishing. You know, his finishing moves, signature finishing move, which is what he made him popular in the WWE, the, the crippler crossface. Oh, and he geez. finished. Are that's how serious? he. That's how he killed his son. And left him there a couple oh, days later. Then oh he hung himself gosh. after that. And that's just horrible to even think about that. So Why would you a, put your son in a crippler's crossface? Like, that just sounds just horrible. Wow. I knew you he know? killed a family stay there. I didn't know that he did that. Yeah. Wow. That That is unbelievable. Like, that Dude. is a different level of a brain gone bad. It Dude, is. He and did always kind of frighten me, though. Like, as a wrestler, like, you never saw that guy smile. Yeah. And, you know, and 13, la- 13 years later, the, um, the guy, according to an article in ABC News, uh, showed Benoit's brain had severe damage and concussions. The state yeah. of his brain yeah. was... It was like, reminiscent of Aaron Hernandez. Yeah. Yeah, he had, and, he had severe... All right. I'll tell you who else had severe CT just like that. So we got Benoit Hernandez. Uh, recently, um, uh, there was a guy by the name of, uh, uh, what was his name? Philip Adams, uh, 32-year-old football yep. player. Um, been out of the league since 2015. A lot of people really haven't heard of this guy. It's not like he was a prolific player, but he went and, he went one day and shot up his neighbor, and his neighbor was like an old doctor. Killed him and his wife and their two grandkids that happened to be playing over there. They were like ages six and nine or something. And then there was a couple HVAC people doing work on the house. Went over there, killed them all, and went home, barricaded himself in the house, and shoot himself in the brain or shoot, his, shoot himself in the head, uh, just like Javon Belcher. Um, but when that story broke out, it made no sense because he had no connection to his family. Like, no one knew why he did it. And sure enough, they found out, you know, this guy had severe CTE. So, uh, and, and interesting, Phil had, had sought out help from the NFL and was denied claims because he wasn't able to make it to doctor's appointments on time and he was forgetting paperwork they needed. And just like his CT was so severe, he couldn't even mentally do the things he needed to get help, which ha- this happens all the time in the world of disability, but um, just very crazy story. Yeah. So, so... so- a couple of stats I'm going to throw out there about this, and all right, 2017 study, we know that things are always e- evolving on the on the scientific realm, and especially the psychological realm, because uh, anything involving my head's not right, again, has, has been one of those things that, that uh, the population steers clear of because they don't want to say, I've got this or I've got that. Sure. But... Uh, 2017 steady, and again, these are all deceased players because you cannot properly assess while the player is alive. 99% of all NFL players, yeah. 88% of all CFL players, 64% of all semi-pro players, 91% of college players, wow. and 21% of high school players so we're what's all real, shown to have some level of CTE. So it's really, I mean, it's hurt. It's hurting more the college kids go, than anything right now. Then go back. What was the NFL number? The NFL number 99? was ninety-nine. Okay, so wow. like I read a study. They looked at one hundred and eleven or one hundred twelve brains of former NFL players. All but one had CTE. 
Yeah. Okay, so the NFL doesn't really want people to know about this. Yeah. And and anyone who played in the NFL and retired that has CTE, you're not going to see them showing up to games or being on TV or events. Like, Brett Favre is the closest person, and even him, they're keeping him at a distance, you know? Yeah. If he's in, it's like they've Zoomed him in remotely from home. But, you know, Vincent Jackson recently found dead. Hotel room, all right? We know it was alcohol-related, but we also know he had severe CTE. So he was probably drinking to help co- combat uh, the symptoms of the CTE. All right, has anyone seen Vincent Jackson at an NFL game in the last five years? I haven't. Anyone Anyone see him on the sideline or doing any commentary? Like, no, because nope, they nope. turn their back on him. Yeah. All right, same thing. He was Larry... a good player. He was a good player at Philly. Heck of a player. Great player. Uh, probably not at Philly. More likely at San Diego San and Diego, yeah. uh, oh, yeah, San Diego. Tampa Bay. I keep, I keep yes. getting him and I Vincent say, Jackson. Dude, he he or... murdered the Chiefs for years. I don't know how you can get that confused. Sorry, I get, I get him and uh, Deshaun Jackson mixed up. All right, another guy, Larry Johnson, played for the Chiefs. Obviously, we had to let him go. Why? Because yeah. he was spitting on women at the clubs and hitting people. Yep. All right. He says he swears he has severe CT. He hears voices telling him to jump off the roof. In fact, he can't remember. Uh, he can't remember two entire seasons. Can't remember where he put his keys or his phone or anything. And he's actually like uh, making videos of things just so he can remember them yeah. and show his daughter later on. And and he is dealing with some severe depression. I mean, might as well. St- I mean, we're talking about auditory hallucinations. Yeah, and we're talking about cheese when he's. I mean, we got to touch on Javon Bell. Uh, Belcher, yeah, you know, because yeah. he was, yeah, no, that, that 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 was quite a scene. So I'm gonna step back for just a second, and hypes. Uh, uh, we had discussed the gentleman who uh, that Philip Adams guy, yeah, um, 32 years old, yeah, and he had been through this whole deal. So let's pull back those stats. 91 percent of college football players. 91 percent. Nine out of ten. Yes, and there are kickers, and there are punters, and there are other guys that don't necessarily see the field. Yep. Um, so, man, that doesn't sound very good. But again, 30, 32-year-old man, we're, we're not talking about an old man, just like Javon Belcher, take it back, see Dizzle. Yeah, I mean, if you guys didn't, don't remember that, he went home and uh, killed his girlfriend and killed the kid, then went to Arrowhead Stadium and killed him, and then turned yeah. a gun and killed himself yeah. in the Arrowhead Stadium parking lot. In front of Romeo Cornell. Yeah, right in front of Romeo. Horrible day. It was a very horrible day in Chiefs Kingdom, you know. And You know, someone died in that parking lot on that one-year anniversary. There's been a lot of violence in that parking was lot this year. Was there a shooting or something one year later? No, so there, no. Was, a, there was a cat that got too belligerent, mm-hmm. um, needed to take a nap, uh, went back to the vehicle, Got beat um, up, he? he went back to the wrong vehicle. Yeah, I knew that. So then oh, when shit. the owner of the vehicle comes back out, and I don't remember all the details, but there was a shooting or a beating or something along that line in which that, that dude lost his life. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I do remember that. Yeah, so with the whole Javon Belcher thing, um, I do find this very interesting. Um, apparently Javon Belcher was, was, was an active member of male athletes against violence. Huh. Um, huh. Interesting. He did not seem like a violent guy to me at all. No. No. He, he seemed like a very bubbly, warm person to be around when he, he watched him. Yeah. So um, that same Javon Belcher, uh, a couple years down the road, um, he had a uh, he 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 shot himself with a forty caliber gun. Um, but prior to that. 
continually volunteered to be a part of, of Chief Charities. Love children. Um, and actually one of my old teammates, Josh Looney, who at the time was the um, writer, wasn't it? media marketing guy for the Chiefs, and I believe now he's the athletic director at a Division One school. Um, quote from him, we used to do these school visits. Javon would just light up around kids. Yeah. Some guys have no interest in that stuff. Not Javon. Huh. Yeah. If we needed players to hand out turkeys or talk to students, Javon was there. Doesn't sound like the type of guy that murders his child. No, it doesn't. Absolutely not. One thing I will say about Mr. Looney, um, in college, he was the hardest hitting man I ever went up against. Mm. Mm. Um, he used to bring the heat from his outside linebacker position. Great guy, great family man, has done well. But uh, now I I think tragedy is the only word to use about Javon Belcher. I yep, think so, too. I agree. You know, and that but, was, that was, I know when I read that and I saw that, it was just well, it, makes, it was not a very good day in the kingdom. I, I know I was like, dude, what are you doing? Well, like, like, talking about something that's totally out of character, it makes me kind of think, and this is not near that level, but Richard Sherman. And his recent arrest where he was acting a fool. You know, I know he was he said he was drunk and went and got treatment, but it makes me think Richard Sherman might have some CT. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, Richie Incognito, probably another guy, you know. Yep. Not only was he saying some really horrible, bizarre racist stuff in the voicemail of this player years ago, but then after he's out of the NFL, he's at the gym throwing weights one day and he had to undergo a uh, a psychological evaluation, which, you know, they're not going to find CTE because they can't until you're dead. Yeah. yeah. So an interesting Richie Young incognito statement. Um, there was a handful of guys on the team back then that, that, that grew up playing with or against Richie in, in Nebraska where he went to high school. Yeah. Um, they said back then the dude was, was definitely crazy. Um, and it was like crazy as in, I don't want to go up against that guy, but I would love to have him on my team. Crazy. Um, uh, you know, so maybe he was experiencing some of that situation back in his teenage years to begin with, and it's just oh. compounded since then. Okay, so that yep. takes me to another guy, Kellen Winslow Jr. Oh, man. Kellen Winslow's in prison right now for rape, and, and he, he says he has CTE, and his first rape went back to 2003 when he was a sophomore in college, and he raped an unconscious teenager. Okay, that's, that's messed up. All right, so that was his first his first incident. Um, who's that guy that played for Nebraska? Lawrence Phillips. Yeah, yep. um, Lawrence, Phillips. Lawrence Phillips. I, CT, and he did a lot of crazy stuff in college too. Yeah. Uh, well, Kellen Winslow Jr. Well, he's in prison because he raped a fifty year old homeless woman. Okay, he was married. Kellen Winslow doesn't need to rape people. I mean, he's he's a good looking no. guy. He's an NFL stud. You know. Yep. All right. Then he raped a hitchhiker later on that same summer. Um, and then there, he was arrested again for indecent exposure and lewd conduct when he approached a 77-year-old woman in a hot tub at the local gym, and he was he was playing with himself. He's masturbating, basically. What an idiot. And, and he's like, I got CTE. And it's like, dude, you might, because none of that makes sense. It like, doesn't make sense. Like, unless that's what you like to do, which, according to his wife, she's like, this isn't what he likes to do. Well, yeah. His ex-wife now, she divorced him. But, I'd hope so, after a lot of stuff. But, you know... What about Darren Sharper, a guy that's in prison for rape right now? Does Darren Sharper need to rape women? You no. know? No. A guy could get any woman he wants. And throw Darren Sharper's old teammate, Ray Lewis, into the mix. Um, uh, according to the courts, he was not involved in a murder. 
But, uh, you know, <laughs> O.J. also was not involved in murder, according to the courts. So we'll just let y'all make uh, your opinions about that. O.J., CTE. Lot, the doc, the guy, the doctor from concussion, he said, he's like, I think O.J. has CTE. He's like, you yeah. look at, a lot of people with CTE, their frontal brain, the, they'll actually get a, their head will grow a little bit in the front. It'll be a little bit bigger. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Doc, let me ask you this from, from more of a clinical perspective. Um, I will tell you for a fact, I do not have all of the symptoms of CTE that can be listed. And we understand it goes in stages and it may progress as we age. Um, I definitely struggle with the, with the executive function side. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I have to do above and beyond what my colleagues do at work in order to keep myself on a schedule. Sure. Um, I definitely deal with the impulsivity side of, of life. My, um, my girlfriend would say the same about okay, me. She, okay. she says I'm horribly impulsive and, and, uh, she's probably right. Cause she's normally right about everything. So. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, the things I, I, I also have experienced, you know, there's been some depression, Um, there definitely has been some mood swings Mm -hmm. and I did not experience those during the college years. I didn't experience those in the, in the five, seven years immediately following college, but I have noticed those. Um, I guess the one thing I'm blessed with is the ability to understand I'm being ridiculous and, uh, and need to stop that. But, but why on the other hand, am I able to do things such as uh, as math mentally and bust it out real quick mm-hmm. like what 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 about that and the cte working don't memory connect? Is, working memory is still intact in that regard but you know every person is different so every every individual ct is gonna you know fall under the umbrella and exhibit certain symptoms but they will all be unique and different in their own way you know and and you know for some people they might be able to you know, their working memory might be just fine. Their executive functioning is garbage. But for some people, it might be language difficulties. Okay. You know, they have, like, that's something Brett Favre struggles with, is finding the right word for, for okay. uh, objects, which is, you know, a hallmark of early signs of dementia. But, um, you know, it, it's it's different different for all these guys. Some guys really, really can't sleep. Um, some of these guys really, really struggle just to kind of even get through their day. But I think what the average NFL lineman only lives to be what fifty five, fifty three. Yeah. I mean, those guys don't live very long. No. But all right. So something I was thinking about is you know all right. Well, we know football has a lot of concussions. Well, what about soccer or or hockey? This is what. Yes. Someone proposed to me. They're like, well, soccer. They got to get more concussions. They use their head all the time. Okay. Well, it turns out in the world of concussions. Rugby is actually the sport where you're most likely to get a concussion in. Makes sense. Which makes sense. Those guys totally are nuts. Sense. I played rugby one time, and I'll, I'll never do that again. I'm not, I'm not that crazy. But uh, so, so on a scale, or out of one thousand players, three of them will have uh, a concussion in rugby. I don't know how that, not, I don't know where that number gets, but the number is three out of a thousand. We'll just say that. Interesting. NFL comes at number two with two point five out of a thousand. So not as as severe as rugby. But it's it's the second most dangerous sport to play out. Um, okay. And then women's hockey is number three at two point two seven, followed by men's hockey at one point six three. So kind of interesting that that women get more concussions in hockey than men do, and when we look at soccer, women's soccer gets more concussions than male soccer too. So um, maybe maybe 
I don't know if women, maybe their skulls aren't as thick as men. I, I have no idea. I don't, I don't want to sound sexist or stupid, but you know, who knows what, I don't know what the deal is on that, but, um, football is, is the second most dangerous sport to play as far as concussions. So with that, I say, come on, man. Yeah. Come I would on, say, man. come on, man. Yep. So, um, I do believe that part of that has to deal with the strength of the neck because the concussion comes from the brain okay. bouncing around right, in sure. the skull. Yeah. So I believe that in football, um, the the men are are a little bit more stout and sure. and cognitively work on neck strength. So I think that could have some factor to it. I and used to do neck strength exercises in the in the weight room. We all did. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We all did. Um, my neck my neck was way bigger back then. Yeah. 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 Yep. So, uh, no, I, I, I definitely have spoken with some soccer players that are, have experienced concussions. Um, and I never thought about that, but man, when that, when that ball is flying through the air, I don't know how fast it goes, but there's, there's some too when you're, when you're completely unprotected. Yeah. You know, they did, they did a, a study. I think someone wanted to prove MMA was more dangerous than boxing. And so they were doing a comparative study or comparative analysis on rate of concussions. And it turns out that um, MMA is actually better for the brain than boxing because in MMA, you you know, you get knocked out and it's over. Yes. Whereas boxing, you kind of get knocked down, you get up. They let you come up, yep. Yeah, and those those guys just keep getting getting hit more and more. So, um, that that's kind of interesting there too, but it takes me back to offensive linemen, defensive linemen. They're clashing right there, boom, head to head, every play, every play. play. Every know, play. That's, that's why your your average lineman doesn't make it past fifty five. And shoot, tell me the last time you saw an old retired lineman that was older than fifty five at a NFL game. Well, I don't know his exact age, but the only example I can come up with is Brian Baldinger, who does a lot of analysis for the NFL. I believe he was offensive lineman. Okay. I, I can't quote that 100% for a fact, but, uh, I mean, Google Brian Baldinger's hand. Look at his fingers. He's got a pinky that's facing the wrong direction. Always will be. Um, but... Uh, that's yeah, really there, there's there's not too many instances of them. And probably, uh, gentleman for Pittsburgh, he was a <laughs> sinner. Dude, you're not lying on that finger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's going the wrong way. Man, he couldn't pick his nose if he wanted to with that thing. No. <laughs> that is I bet he waves, far too correct. I bet he waves with that hand every time. I think I would. I mean, I would you too. gotta own it at that point in time, right? Yeah, that's something else. Yeah, that's something else. Yeah. Well, moving on here, man. Let's 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 do our come on, man's. I know we're we're making this a longer episode, but it's a good one. So, um, uh, you know, I think my come on, man, this week has got to be Patrick Mahomes' brother getting into it with a restaurant owner and of a restaurant that's been in downtown Kansas City for a long time. The owner of the restaurant made a long post on social media, basically addressing a bunch of social media posts that Mahomes' brother had made, um, where it sounded like he might have been a bit of a douchebag. And and to that, I say, come on, man. You know, we're here in Kansas City in the Midwest. We don't we don't act that way. We don't encourage that behavior. Like you leave snoob, you know, little snobbery douchism for like the West Coast. You know, we don't we're, we treat people right here. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um... That was not quality, uh, 
I don't know, is dudeism a, a word? And if it's not, I just made it a word. Well, sound like he went to a restaurant and there wasn't enough room. And when they said, hey, man, we don't have enough room, he got, he got, he got a, became a baby and then made a bunch of posts and yeah. really tried to tear this place down. And, you know, I read the response that they had to make. And it was just like, dude, if, if it's just, come on, man. Yeah. It's just like, come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because a normal, classy Midwest sports guy would probably just say, hey, it doesn't look like they have room here. Let's go this on down the road to the next else. place. Right. Exactly. We've, done, we've come on me and him twice now we because have. of the Sean Taylor. Yeah. Where he was yeah, dancing Stephanie, on yeah. Sean Taylor's <laughs> number. Right. And I, I'm, I still, I don't I mean, agree with that. When are you, gonna, when are you going to be a, a adult? Just grow up and be an yeah. adult. No one, we understand that you are Otherwise, we're just, the we're most just popular. not going to like him. You're one of the most popular guys in Kansas City because your brother's what did he try to do? He tried to make, what, a TikTok video with Patrick, and Patrick didn't know that was going on? I think he did something like that. Yeah, yeah. Pat- probably sounds right. Dude, that sounds right. all right, I'm sorry. I'd probably slap him this week. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. So we had Dance on Sean on Taylor's number, I'm probably going to slap you. We have yeah. a come on man and a slap all in one. Um, <laughs> I will I will cheers to that. Uh, C. Dizzle, do you have a come on man? I do. My, uh, my come on man this week is going to be Russell Wilson. I mean, come on, man. 156 yards of interception here. Kill him in fancy, man. And They're he even got me. extra days of rest. <laughs> yes. Bunch of garbage. Yes, and also another, come on, man. It's got to be the other one, the biggest upset of the week. Detroit beating Arizona. I mean, come on. You got, Dude, props to those guys. No, no props. They... Detroit killed me in my, my Survivor League. Dude. That's not even fair. I was happy for Detroit, man. I was. I was pissed off. Think of the children <laughs> that died, bro. That game was I know, but yeah. Sorry. That game was but for still, those kids, man. Still. So, statistically speaking on that game, since 1970, there were three instances of which the team with the worst record in the mm-hmm. league and the best record in the league played and the worst record in the league team won. So, I, there's a lot three of NFL times? games. There's a lot of NFL games been played, and only three times has the worst team beat the best team, and unfortunately, that was costly in a Survivor League. Yes, right. it was. Very costly I'm sorry in Survivor League. you, Davis. All right, so one thing, I've been throwing out the theory about them using different footballs for for field goals and extra points. Other than week five, I've, I've got no evidence to even confirm that. So we'll keep watching. But for now, all the field goals I've seen seem to be pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> so, you know, uh, Big D wants to do his. So what's, yep, what's yep. yours? So my come on, man, is to Roger Goodell in the NFL. Yeah, $122 <clears throat> a minute, you jerk. We, yep. understand, we yep. understand that covid sucks yes we understand that although we talk about this head trauma i love the nfl and i always will and football will always be my favorite sport until i go to the grave absolutely don't know that i'm going to recommend my children play it but at the same time yes i love it roger goodell in the nfl get your stuff together come up with a cohesive plan to navigate this as best as could be navigated yeah and keep the innocent people out of it you know, and I did see that there were no players that that withdrew when the option was given to have a medical hardship for the rest of the season. But come on, man, we can't be changing the rules. Well, like I this. saw that. I saw today they were talking about on NFL Live that they are doing everything they can to finish up the season and post going into the postseason. Uh, they don't want to keep doing this and. I bet. Putting games where they're playing on Tuesdays. If we got to postpone the Monday. season, and we postpone. We'll play all the games indoors in right. March, February. And, I don't know, but and they Adele, will, He makes one hundred twenty dollars a minute. 
Yeah. Figure it out. Come on, man. Yeah, I agree. And this is another topic. I mean, this is just a short topic. We don't like discuss it or like a lot or nothing. But I don't know if you guys saw it today, but the NCAA said that if a college football team does that's in the playoffs, Georgia, Alabama, Cincinnati, Michigan, if one of those teams can't play, that team has a forefoot, and the other team moves on into the wow. national, you know, into the championship, or they could even win the Alabama the, the, will the be sending, Alabama So Alabama's will be, right now in heaven because... They'll be sending COVID-infected people up to Cincinnati. Yep, exactly. Well, <laughs> uh, currently, Georgia's quarterback is on the COVID list as of today. He is. Sucks I saw good. that. You know? Sucks to be that guy. I mean, come on, Cincinnati, and you know what? I wouldn't mind seeing Michigan, to be honest. But. Hey, go Michigan. Well, hey, no, go Bearcats. I'm still on I'm still, I'm still on Cincinnati. I'm still on Cincinnati, Yes. Because I know our next episode, we'll have the... Well, we'll be talking a little about the, the national championship game matchup and... Better get our mm-hmm. better get our picks in for that game, for the, the football semifinals. Yes, sir. So uh, the doc came in and and mentioned something about footballs being modified, um, which brings me to the man who deserves to be slapped, Tom Brady. Oh yes. yeah, always, yeah. always, oh, man, for real, always. The dude hasn't been able to throw a pass over thirty yards in I don't know five seasons, ten seasons. Yeah. Um, but the guy doesn't make a mistake, and he's married to a freaking supermodel. Hey, you, so you guys watch Game of Thrones? Not no. a Game of Thrones guy myself. I've seen very little bit. Man, there's a guy in there called the Mountain. He's like the biggest man you ever seen. I would like to bring that guy in and have him slap Tom Brady. <laughs> Great because plan. He, Great plan. He could slap him way harder than I could. Great. Plan. <laughs> Cheers to that one, yes, sir. Yes. Uh, yeah. Google that guy. He's. I think he played in the NFL. Yeah. Jason Malmoa. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what his name that, is. That, that was one of the guys in Game of Thrones. Giant guy, looks it's, like. Yeah, it's like the largest yeah, man you ever seen in yeah, life. Yeah. 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 Uh, All right. Also, moving on to uh, props to that guy this week. Uh, Doc, you want to, who's your props to that guy this week? Uh, I didn't have one. Oh, so you're slacking. Well, I couldn't remember who it was, so I'm just going to say I don't have one because, I, yeah. So. That's CT. fair enough. Yeah. C- yep, CT. CT. To its finest, ladies and gentlemen. That's why I don't know the difference between Seth or Steph Curry. They're all, they're all one person. <laughs> well, I, got, I actually got three. Uh, the first one I've got is going to be Travis Kelsey uh, for having a career day in a big game on Thursday night against the San Diego Chargers. Yeah. Uh, Ten receptions, 191 yards, two touchdowns uh, to help the Chiefs get the big road win on Thursday night football, including – both of those touchdowns came in a very crucial part of the football game. So props to Travis Kelsey on that. Also Nick Bolden for making rookie of the week. The rookie from Missouri is having an awesome year for the Chiefs on the defensive side of the football. Uh, I mean, if you guys want to collaborate on one of those two guys, go for it. I would be happy to talk with that and do collaboration on it if you guys were down with it. Hey, you know, Nick Bolden's a stud. The only knock I have against him is he's a Missouri, Missouri. Missouri Tiger. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Other than that, the kid's been he's been great. Yep. Uh, Big D, you got you got any props to this guy this week or? I do, I do. Uh, honestly, my second favorite athlete of all time behind King Griffey Jr. Um, oh, you're going to the golf course, are you, Jordan? I am going to the, golf, going course. To the golf course. I wow. am going with the big cat, Tiger Woods. That was um, awesome to watch him. I'm he's your lie. second favorite of all time. Yes, right. yes. You can never top Ken Griffey Jr. He was a stud. Um, no I arguing have, that. We got his poster over there in the man cave. <laughs> and I had that same poster as a youngster growing up in my bedroom. Dude, someone sold me that poster for like a dollar or 50 cents in the mall. I'm walking by and the guy says, hey. You, you know, I got something for you. You'll like this. And he showed it to me. I was like, how much? <laughs> like, a dollar yeah. sold. 
Yeah, so Tiger Woods, uh, you may not know, got in a terrible car accident February 2021. Yeah. Um, crushed his right leg. Um, it was bad, It was too. crazy to see him walk in the tournament the other day. Yes. So he, he looked pretty good, too. He looked phenomenal, and as a guy who is coming off a uh, major knee surgery, I'm a, I'm just over a year removed from the major knee surgery, um, I will tell you that my body does not move the same. Um, I, I still hold out hope that it will, but it doesn't, and the fact that Tiger Woods went, they, he just didn't play golf. He went to a televised tournament with his son, and they took second freaking place. Dude, I, his son is... I didn't see they took I gotta give props to his son. Charlie Charlie Woods is just awesome. I mean, he was throwing darts. He yeah. looks like he got a little swag. Yeah, he, got, oh, he, he is does. a swagger hound. <laughs> there is no I was, question. I just saw you know? clips. I was like, look at this little, look at this little G. Right, and this I know... This little guy go. Yeah. Doc, I know yeah. you're not a habit yeah. golfer like me and, me and Neely are, but uh, I'm going to ask Neely this question here. How awesome was it? Because I know you watched the coverage, and I know I did too. How awesome was it to see Tiger back on a golf course after the accident? I, I didn't know that we'd ever see that again. That was awesome. I um, enjoyed it. It was uh, yeah. surprising. Yeah, I, I and again, I was cleared to play golf full bore three months post-op. And I tried swinging, and it's like, all right, I would rather not play than play like this. Right. So whatever they're doing, keep doing it, Tiger. Golf community needs you. Yep. Um, you are the connection between our generation and golf. Um, Absolutely. I, I was definitely called a weenie by my father many times for choosing to play golf in high school as opposed to baseball. Um, I know I was. But it just turns <laughs> out that the guy that played my position in baseball was a two-time NCAA Division One All-American and went Chris on Carlson. to have a very good career with the Detroit Tigers uh, farm system. Yep. That kid wasn't bad. Yeah, yeah. Was so golf worked out, and uh, that was no bull on the intro. Only guy in the city that could outdrive the 2019 U.S. Open champion Gary Woodland, and I could still do that today. <laughs> and my last props to these guys, and this is more of a prop to the team. Uh, how about the props to the all six members that were uh, introduced today as the 2022 Pro Bowl selections? So we want to give a we want to give a props out to left tackle of our Kansas City Chiefs. To Orlando Brown for being selected. Good for him. That's his third selection. You know what, though? What we're paying him, that's what we expect. Exactly. Well, no. That's what right. I expect. Also, also, the cheetah, Tyreek Hill, was selected today. So, that's congratulations, Tyreek, on that selection. Right of course, the band for his third straight pole bowl, the defense lineman, our favorite player on the Stone defense Cole? side of the, phone, of the football, Chris Stone Cold Jones, ladies and gentlemen. Only man to ever have his hog flop out while running the 40 <laughs> in the combine. Yes, sir. <laughs> what, what about Honey Badger? Uh, he make the list? Give me a second. He may have. He may have. But the but, next up but is. The next one is the best tight end, and ESPN will not like this because they don't like him. They say George Kittle is still the best tight end well, in not. the NFL, and we all know he's not. But, nope. ladies and gentlemen, for his seventh consecutive Pro Bowl selection from the University of Cincinnati, number 87, Travis Kelsey. Let's go, Bearcats. Let's go, Bearcats, like you always say on Sunday night. Go, Bearcats. Go, Bearcats. And then also our next selection. He is from... 
he really doesn't need an introduction because this is his fourth straight bowl, Pro Bowl selection from the University of Texas Tech, number 15. I need some help, boys. Patrick Mahomes with Mahomes 32 boy. total touchdowns and 4,000 yards passing. He's going to keep leading us to the Super Bowl, baby. You know, the best part about Pat Mahomes and all the rest of these guys is they won't be playing in the Pro Bowl. No. Exactly. No, shouldn't be. But still, just having the selection is no. still amazing. Agreed. Where's, where's my honey bed? And last but not least, we have. We still have, we still have one more. We got one more. But oh, here's, oh, shoot. Here's, the, here's one that the doc has been asking about forever. All right. And, and my girlfriend will love this because she loves the honey badger. But... Ladies and gentlemen, for his third Pro Bowl selection with his others coming in 2015. All right, welcome back. We apologize about our slight technical difficulties. We have our engineering team working on resolution. Um, So as we left off, uh, the host C. Dizzle was discussing his props to that guy. That included the Kansas City Chiefs Pro Bowl selection. Um, first on that list was Mr. Orlando Brown Jr. left tackle, followed by the cheetah Tyreek Hill. Next was Chris, also known as Junk Jones. The best tight end in the NFL, period, Travis Kelsey. We don't even need to say his name because you know it. Magic Mahomes. Patrick Magic Mahomes, sir. Mm-hmm. And C. Dizzle was in the middle of discussing uh, the best defensive player, I think, in the NFL. Doc, do you agree? I would. That's right. The Honey Badger. The Honey yeah. Badger. I mean, this is his third Pro Bowl selection. Uh, so far this season, he's been, the Honey Badger's been tearing it up. He's got three interceptions and a touch. That's right. So he's been tearing it up. Yep. And then last but not least has to be well, our alternates, obviously, for this year. The, the rookie center himself, Todd, or Creed Humphrey. The best center in all best, of the NFL. Yep. Also, other people that has been announced was uh, was Trey Smith, defense end Frank the, Shank, Frank the Shark Clark, fullback Michael Burton. Michael Burton actually scored his first. Michael Burton has had a great year. Javarius <laughs> Ward and Tommy Towns in our punter, and obviously Harrison Buckley. Yeah, yes, yeah. So, yeah, so. Uh, a... a couple quick side notes on this. Um, I learned while I was watching the new Spider-Man movie, because unfortunately I agreed to go to that the same night the Chiefs played Thursday Night Football. Um, I said, who the heck is Michael Burton? I've never heard of him. And then I'm like, oh, he's the fullback. He is the new Anthony Sherman. Kid's great. Um, Great guy. It's a great touchdown run. It was. Trey Smith is going to go down as one of the best draft picks in the Brett Veach era market. Market right now, the dude is nasty. He likes hurting people. Mm -hmm. Um, And he probably would have been a first-round pick if not for some health issues that popped up in his collegiate career. Yeah, I love that kid. But like you guys guys said earlier, Chiefs will not be playing in the Pro Bowl. No. I mean, they're going to be in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I hope so. But anyways, well – Guys, it's Christmas week. Chiefs play the Steelers. Let's get some pick real quick. I mean, I was really on the Chiefs. I got 24-10 Kansas City. Watch you guys. I, I like it. 24-10. Why not? You know, 24-10. I just don't want to see any terrible towels. 
2410 is not a bad number. Unfortunately, there will be terrible towels. Um, I have family in the Pittsburgh area. Uh, for the record, it is not the Steelers. It is the Stillers. That is what they are called in Pittsburgh. Um, the Chiefs are going to get her done. Uh, we're going to see some of this stuff with Magic Mahomes on Sunday that uh, the great quarterbacks of our time have, have done before, and it's make guys that the national audience has never heard of turn into studs. Exactly. I hope so. I hope so. We're exactly. going to see Byron Pringle. Mark it right now. Byron Pringle will be the leading receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. Or Josh Gordon. Um, Josh Gordon's going to get Josh. No. Josh Gordon's going to get some time. There will be other guys that the national football audience is not familiar with that will go ahead and shine on Mr. Mahomes and that studly offensive line are going to win the football game. Steelers suck. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually feeling 21-14. Okay. Excuse me, excuse me, 31-14. I like that pick. I do. One more time, one more last pick because I just saw it come up on TV here. College football semifinals. It's going to happen before the next episode. We all know I'm going Cincinnati against Michigan. What do you guys, who do you guys got? First, Josh, Doc, what do you got? I'm rooting for Bearcats, but we'll probably get Georgia-Alabama. So. Uh, also agreed, I am rooting Bearcats. I am rooting Wolverines, um, but it's I'm probably going to be the too. SEC playoff again. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I hate to say that, but let's go Cincinnati. So. Screw the SEC. Hopefully NIL uh, bounces it out. Yes, sir. Well, hey, from, thank you. We want to thank our, our buddy, the Double D, Neely, for showing up here tonight. Thank you for being a good guest. Appreciate thank it, Thank you fellas. so much. And from the dock, from me, the C Dizzle, and the Midwest Super Classic Midwest Sports Podcast family, we want to wish you guys a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. We will see you in 2022. And as always, before we leave, we have to say it, as always, let's go Chiefs! We'll see you next year. Welcome to episode 10 of the Super Classy Midwest Sports Podcast. We are live and coming direct from the man cave. It was a rough day for our Kansas City Chiefs. But the Chiefs will bounce back next week against the donkeys of the Denver Broncos. But guess who's back? For the 2022 season. Hype man, who's back? You tell me, Dizzle. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The C Dizzle and the Doc himself are back for the 2022 football and the podcast season. I am your host, the C Dizzle. And with me is the man himself, the Doc himself, the Hype Man. Hype Man, how you doing, sir? pretty good what Dizzle meant to say there is we're back for season two welcome so <laughs> yes how, this is a new season new year yes yes how you doing Dizzle I'm doing all, I'm doing okay man it was rough today it was definitely rough but we'll bounce back next week and uh as always be at the AFC West rivalry to Denver Broncos next week so we should be all right 
That's right. That's right. So we'll we'll, we'll get into a little Chiefs preview later on here. But I, I think before we get going, we'll offer a PC apology for those who are listening easily offended. You know, today we got a we got a dicey little topic to talk about, and some people might not like it. And if you do, hey, feel free to let us know. Uh, we got an email address at we don't care at yahoo.com. Care spelled with a K. Otherwise, you want to send us some monies. You got some suggestions. You want to, you want to come be on the show or whatnot. Uh, feel free to email us at midwestsports35 at yahoo. But um, yeah, you know, um, we we like we like having guests. We like having people come up and hang out with us dude, and listen to us live. So speaking of guests, uh, special thanks to Neely last week for being on the show, man. Such a great guest. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Matt Matt Neely was a great a great guest of ours last week. Good friend of the show. Yeah, you know, you know, he, he's he's a long time listener, but man, just so such well spoken on the show and very knowledgeable and. Man, can't can't wait to have you back, brother. So really appreciate you taking the time to 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 be with us. So definitely. And last week that was a good that was a good episode last week. It I was, mean, it was it was a lot of information. So, you know, what's interesting is we we said on the episode somewhere about we thought you know Antonio Brown could be a, a good candidate for someone who has CTE and playing today. And lo and behold, he was acting a fool. He was. Yeah, I he definitely I was, was. I was like, hey, there it is, CTE and at its finest. Exactly. And and we'll discuss that later in the, in the show. Well, so. I, I think we can go ahead and go into it. for those who don't. Know, no, he, he got mad because he was benched on the sideline, took his jersey off, and threw his shirt and gloves in the crowd, and <laughs> ran onto the end zone while the game's going on, flashing a peace sign, chucking the deuce, basically, and and uh, stormed out of the field. So yeah, and that's that seemed like CT me. Oh, it's always. And then the whole thing with him throwing the couch out um, outside the apartment that he was in in April. Yeah, for who does that? I mean, come on, man. What an idiot. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right, so moving on. This week's episode, we're going to talk about the life of professional athletes and women. And we'll probably talk a little bit more about NBA players because, for whatever reason, they get stalked by, like, the most beautiful craziest women in the world it's probably because a lot of NBA players tend to be tall dark and handsome and that's that's what women want so yeah you know i'm not mad at them but um it's 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 an interesting topic so hopefully no one's too upset by this but you think about it the life of an nba player everywhere you go you have beautiful women in drones following you doing anything they can to be with you like yeah. that is a tough life if you imagine because we're men we're basically animals at the core we're designed to basically fight war and procreate you know yeah. But imagine that everywhere you go, there's beautiful women right there. All right. And a lot of these guys do end up getting stalked. Um, you know, I think I think it was Magic Johnson that would, would you know, he would talk about he'd go down to the lobby after a game and, and there would be just a group of beautiful women there. And he'd just kind of pick out like three or four of them that he liked. Like, hey, come on with me, you know. And, and to me, that is that is pretty bizarre. All right. So I started looking into this. Uh, I was reminded of something that used to exist. I don't think it exists anymore because I tried to find it on the internet and I couldn't. I couldn't. But it was called Catch a Player. I th- I'm pretty sure that's what it was called. And it was basically a service that women could sign up for if you were interested in a certain player or perhaps a team. And you lived in, let's say, you know, you're into Travis Kelsey and you live in Kansas City or the surrounding area. You sign up, you pay for this service, and they got scouts out that let you know if Travis is at a bar or club. So you can show up and stock him, essentially. So if you're an NBA player, you're living in L.A., like LeBron, who's got probably tons of stalkers just because he's LeBron. Yeah. You know? um, and, you're the best player in the world. Yeah. Anywhere you go, you got these people showing up. So they had basically a service where 
women could stalk these guys more easily. Uh, but like I said, I really I couldn't find any any uh, any information about it still existing. But I think it was Ray Allen who said you know, he was talking about being stalked, and he's like, uh, "What's crazy about crazy about it is like you know wherever wherever I go, I'm the tallest guy in the room. It's like so it's it's pretty easy to spot me, you know." It's like yeah yeah that's a that's a good point too. Um, you know, you think about that. We'll we'll talk about we'll talk about Ray Allen here in a little bit. But I found a an article here that was really interesting, where someone is basically uh, gr- separated uh, the women that stalk athletes into four different types of groups. All right, four different classifications of women. So I thought this was was worth a kick and a good joke. But you know, I didn't come up with this. So the first group, this is the most common type of woman. They're called gutter groupies. All right. These are basically the women who will sit out of the arena gates after a game and they will do anything, sometimes right there in the parking lot. So if a player's feeling, you know, particularly chivalrous, he might let a woman service him right there in the Bentley or something. All right. Uh, gutter groupies. These women don't spend money on airfare for hotel rooms at the NBA All-Star Weekend uh, or anything like that, you know, but but they'll pretty much give a free blowjob to an NBA player. So. I mean, that don't surprise me. I mean... I mean, if you saw, you saw like, for example, you saw Kevin Garnett or like, you know, John Stockton, an a, a NBA All Star player, when you're walking out of the locker room, you're like, oh, I want to meet those guys. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'd say if if I was a professional athlete, the gutter groupies, I'd probably I'd probably not want to be involved with them because gutter <laughs> is kind of bottom of the barrel. Yeah, and these, that's true. These and and these are basically your your basic chicks that. <laughs> That will do anything, you know, just to get with an NBA player, just to just to say they did. It's kind of funny. The the article here I'm looking at actually gives like a little little description of these gals. Um, their their standard outfit tends to be band aid sized denim mini skirt. Oh jeez. <laughs> Studded with rhinestones, slung jeez. low. That's slung 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 low enough to show some cleavage. You know, wearing knee high skinny white boots, a silver belt that you know appears to be made of hubcaps, and a midriff bare bare top that. That shows off their belly. So enough enough fake bling to, you know, change the to toe a Hummer. So right. I thought that was pretty good. These girls, these girls come by the thousands. They said, and they just have basic jobs, dreary, thankless jobs. And their fantasy is basically just to get with an NBA player. So that's bad. What's <laughs> your gutter groupies? All right, the next uh, higher up is what they call the working girls. And this is this is probably what most people see or get exposed to. These are women that basically have normal jobs. You know, they're they're not they're not uh, prostitutes by any means. They got you know normal jobs, but they spend their time, their weekend, their vacations tracking down players. So for them, like the mecca is the NBA All Star Game, and they're gonna go. They're gonna get a hotel room at the same hotel the players are at, or around there, and they're gonna show up fully decked out, just pretty much uh, doing anything they can to. To try and get with to get with an NBA player, um, they had they had some good stuff on on uh, the working girls. But this is the most prevalent prevalent category, and you know, a working girls, yeah, they'll they'll hook up with a player if the opportunity arises for sure. But they won't do they won't just do anything, and they definitely don't wait out in the parking lots like the gutter girls. All right. All right, these girls are reading In Style magazine, and they're doing the the look for less type of look. All right, they're blue collar, often from the hood, and these are women that are just swept up by the culture of the NBA, which is to say, you know, hip hop. All right, so they're not actually interested in the the players of the game, but 
Um, they're notching the belt party girls. They'd be happy with a fling with a bodyguard, but a player would be the ideal for them. And and the working girls will do whatever whatever it takes. So they show up to the hotel with with uh, all their curling irons, fake eyelashes, and the, their fake jewelry and and whatever. They're saying that if if um, one of these gals, if if a working girl brings a, a guy back to the hotel room because she's sharing the hotel with other girls, all of her friends wait in the lobby until they get done doing their thing, and then right. and then they move on. So I thought that was funny. There's like a code amongst these girls. You well, know? there's always going to be a code with all yeah. the groups. So I mean, they're gonna they're gonna send codes out to all their girls and be like, hey, this person's in town or. No, they send him. They say, "Hey, I got a guy in the room," and the girls all know not to go up there. But they all, they all kind of gossip about it, you yeah. know. Um, I they were talking about the general rule of 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 uh, the working girls is one. You know, they don't identify themselves as as groupie. All right. So if they if 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 you're a working girl and you blow you blew a player, somehow your status is elevated in your mind. And and two, they don't do interviews. All right. So if they go and, and tell their story just to get some attention, they basically get ostracized and they're out of the, they're out of the groupie culture. So I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> they keep their mouth shut. It's all about yeah. For them, it's it's really. Do you know, I wonder if they get paid for being a fly girl or a groupie or a. All right. Yeah. Those those girls don't. All right, if you're a gutter girl, you're definitely getting no money. You're not yeah. even getting to the hotel room. That's if true. You're just you're just getting you're, away just, you're just getting away with whatever you want to yep, do. Yep, yep. I would avoid the gutter groupies again. All right, <laughs> the working girls have jobs. All right, so these but they're, these gals are crazy. Okay. Yeah, and it's like their part time job basically is just to be a. No, it's their hobby. He's tracking down athletes and seeing if they can hook up with one. Right. And they got, and I, I was reading about the rules of the, the working girls. You know, you travel in twos, you get a hotel room, preferably travel in fours, and, you know, don't talk about it afterwards and, and all this stuff. So, so I, wonder, I wonder if the working girls would, like, say, like, if, if, if Kevin Durant was in, town, was in Los Angeles uh-huh. to play against the Lakers or... James Harden's playing, like, say, like, for example, like the Nets were coming to town to play against the Lakers. How many working girls would be involved in that group? Well, all right, you know? so the article I read, they said they were talking about the group, the, these girls, these women tend to come in four, all right? And they basically bring a ton of stuff with them, all right? They got um, one suitcase is just full of boots and shoes, one suitcase is full of makeup, and one suitcase is full of, of basically clothes. All right, we got everything from hair extensions, flat irons, curling irons, eyelash glue, face scrub, foot scrub, condoms, dental dams, and of course Lysol because you know they can never be too prepared. Right. So and what I, what I see interesting is is this is that they get styrofoam cups full with Grey Goose vodka. Yeah, it's the official vodka of NBA groupies. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's that's what I thought. Like yeah. it's like, dude, there's there's. There's a code, man. These are classy women. I mean, they're drinking. Obviously. They're, if you're going to get with an NBA player, you got to have you great drink. juice. Yeah, yeah, you have great. I mean, you got to have top shelf Dude, gutter, stuff. Gutter groupies drink UV. All right. Oh, man. Working, look out. Look out. Right. Working girls, working girls drink the good stuff. Yeah, the groupies, right? the uh, the gutter girls are going to be doing the uh, the Bartons or, like you said, the UV. But you can go up, you go up to the working girls, they're doing the not, not quite the top shelf. You know, vodka or 
tequila or well it's funny if you're gonna be a working girl you gotta be you gotta be pretty hot yeah so that's that's Obviously. another thing all right so you go from you got the gutter groupies the working girls then we move up to the fly girls all right these are women who are just classy enough to merit a second encounter with a player they might even get a piece of jewelry or a ride on the team's private bus. So if you're a fly girl, damn, you might get a little something. He's calling you back for for second dibs. Apparently, you did your job. Yeah, Magic Johnson never called a woman back for second dibs. But uh, the uh, least Anderson Queen did, though. Yeah, sure, sure. All right. So if you're if you're a fly girl, you need to be toting a, ru- a real Louis Vuitton. So that's rule number oh, one. Oh wow! All right. Uh, rule number two: you have to be really gorgeous. All right. I was in the Bahamas when the NBA Players Association was down there. I saw some of the most gorgeous women I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. It was like being back in Katy, Texas, I swear. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, a lot of fly girls, though, they're in denial. You know, they don't see themselves as groupie, but or as groupies, but that's really what they are. Yeah. All right. I mean, if you're going for round two, then you're obviously labeled as the fly girl, basically. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So above the fly girls is the upper crust. Interesting. Right. I thought that was interesting. Upper crust. They're not even girls. They're just, that's what they're called. This is a stratospheric category of babes. All right. So, if AKA. They, if you're in the upper crust, if you're in the upper crust, you might end up engaged or married to a, to an actual player. No. Yeah. Yeah. And these, these, these girls are labeled, for example, Evelyn Longoria or yeah. Vanessa Williams. Yeah. These are your I upper mean, those crust girls, girls. Those yeah. girls. Yeah. We salute you, Evelyn Longoria, because you are hot. So Yeah. Anyways, upper crust includes women. They're, they're daddies. they got daddies' lawyers who've got them backstage with players. And uh, I quote, they tend to be bony-ass white girls who may not marry the players, but they're definitely not going to be left out on the curb either. True so, story. So that's that's the category and the classification system here, which I thought, I thought was interesting. But... Other rules uh, on the other side for players, if you're involved with these these gals, is rule number one, wear a condom, and number two, take it with you when you're done. <laughs> it's that simple. It turns out these gals are crazy enough that they might try to get pregnant with your child. True story. So they can get that money. Yeah, and that's what they want, and that's why you always see the popular uh, sports athletes get busted for, you know, aggravated assault or... Well, you don't, you know, well, this is how a lot of these guys end up with women all over the country, too. Yeah. You know, but rule number one, wear a condom. Yeah. Rule number two, take it with you when you're done. And and, and, and I guess rule number one is really what they call don't, don't do a Kobe, you know, which Kobe Bryant, that was his mistake. Yeah. He hooked up with a little teenager, basically, he just met, did not wear a condom. Yeah. So, I, don't know. I mean, rest in peace, though, on Kobe Bryant, though. Yeah, dude, but, all right, so Magic Johnson... He said that uh, basically he, he he doesn't know how many women he slept with. He never even kept track. But uh, he would he would come off the court, play a game, have sex with a woman in a sauna before he even went out to do his post-game interviews. So basically, and Jerry West admitted to this too. So basically, they got a whole bunch of, I, I don't know, I guess working girls there in the locker room. So that soon the game's over, just hop in the sauna, do your thing, go out and talk to the, the officials. Dude, that takes like, I mean, the post-game interview is literally right after the game's over. Dude, that would be, this would be obviously a violation of rights to put hidden cameras in there, but that'd be a good reality show. Just what the heck's going on in these locker rooms? It would be. I mean, you got, we got people deflating balls, we got people having sex with women, and 
who knows what else? Oh, don't even get me going about the Toradol shots all the NFL players take for the games. We'll yeah. do, we'll do an episode on that later. But all right, so yeah, Magic Johnson. He knows he had sex over a thousand women, but he admits he lost track. And again, he'd go down to the lobby and just pick out like two or three and take them back to the room. Yeah. Um, but that obviously didn't work out too well for him. No, not so, at all. Yeah, sorry, Magic. Um, well, same thing with the Queen, dude. Well, dude, Magic Johnson was being stalked by someone, but he was actually being stalked by a guy. Yeah. This guy, like, had broke into his office or something at his job. And it's like, how in the world did he get all the way up to, like, the 56th floor of this secured office? But he was a good stalker. Um, um, well, same way as Ray Allen, though. Well, dude, Magic Johnson was also being stalked by a councilwoman down in South Carolina. So, Ray Allen. Uh, Ray Allen was the biggest one, though. Ray Allen's had some good issues. The stalking story with him, you want to go into that a little bit? <laughs> uh, basically what? Ray Allen got catfished. Yeah, because so... He's talking to a, he's he was, talking to a bunch of women online. It so, ended up being one dude. Yeah, so what happened was Ray Allen filed a motion in Florida court a couple years ago claiming that he was a victim of catfishing scheme in which one man pretended to be several beautiful women interested in dating Ray Allen. He was a 10-time All-Star at that time. Yeah. Uh, right. So Brian Coleman, he was the guy that was excusing, uh, accusing Ray Allen of catfishing. Till the court day is being stalked online by Allen and Mary, father of five. Well, basically, Ray Allen says, this guy catfished me and he's stalking me. Yeah. And this guy says... I'm not stalking you, Ray. We've actually had a love affair that's been going on for a while, and you're stalking me. So that guy files a restraining order against Ray. Yeah. Right? Right. And then Ray goes and files a restraining order against that guy. But then that guy, what did you say his name was? Uh, his name was uh, Bryant Coleman. Bryant Coleman, Bryant Coleman comes out and, and claims that Ray is threatening him and that people are calling his house. Someone said they're going to strangle him. And and basically, he's saying that that Ray is is trying to like kill him, basically. Yeah. So they they mention they say they never met in person. Uh, but then Alan said he tormented those tormented. communications. Yeah. So it's just like it's like Alan. It's like Ray Allen, man. I, I like you as a ball player, but man, you you gotta figure out your life, brother. Well, like, that's an interesting he said he said comment yeah. situation. Ray's like, no, you were stalking me, and Brian's like, no, bro, you were stalking me. But they never met in person, right? And then and then he claimed uh, that the sides eventually struck a deal to keep everything private. Okay, they struck a deal because Bryant was making social media posts about yeah. Ray Allen, private information that was shared in those conversations, and he was like putting information out about Ray Allen's family, kind of threatening them in a way. Yeah. But then after they made a deal in court, it was basically a, a clause, a silence clause, where Bryant can't talk about it after he signed it, but he supposedly kept talking about it and making additional posts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, for, that's crazy, though. I think the moral of that story... Don't is, meet is, crazy people. Well, if, if you're going to talk to someone on the internet, you, sh you should... Probably at least know them or FaceTime with them. Yeah. You know, I yep. think that's. I agree on that. Yeah. And you know, if Monte Teo would have FaceTimed his catfisher, oh, yeah, he might have realized that that was a dude too. Yeah, but then he found out that was a hoax. <laughs> well, Monte Teo had talked to this person over a line 
online, and they'd even spoken on the phone. And he thought he was in love with someone. Well, he's in a, he was secretly he's a, in love with the female. That was supposedly dying of leukemia. And yeah. then his grandmother dies. The same day that his And then his person, girlfriend supposedly dies. Right. Somewhere in there, he finds out it was a hoax. I don't know how. My guess Notre is... Notre Dame, I think, found it was a hoax. You know what? Hoax, I don't know what happened, but I guess is she died, and he probably tried to look into it and like go to the funeral all that, and there was no funeral. There was no funeral. Yeah, because... The name is, like, totally fake. All right, so here's the next thing. If you're talking to someone online, Google them. <laughs> or just do a background. Or yeah, just a background do it. yeah. I mean, I mean, it's that easy. These are, like, simple ways to not get catfished. FaceTime, meet them in person, do a Google search. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. All right, so the guy, Bryant, in the Ray Allen situation, claimed that Ray Allen had people, he had hired people to follow that guy around, which he probably did because they were in a lawsuit. You right. Know, but who knows, man. Yeah. All right, so just don't get catfished, aka. Yeah, don't don't pull a Monte Teo or Ray Allen if if you're into talking to people online and that's your thing and that's what gets you going. At least know who the person is. Like, find an agreed person that you you know. This is what we're doing, yeah. so that you don't end up catfished. True story. Yeah. Anyways, um, all right. So Magic Johnson said he had sex over a thousand women. Wilt Chamberlain. In his 1991 autobiography, said he had sex with over 20,000 women. All right? They did I the mean, math. That would be 1.2 women every day since the age of 15 he slept with. Dang. I wonder how many, how you, I wonder how many women he had sex with when he was at KU. A lot. <laughs> he, but he justifies it because he says, well, none of them were married. All right. Hey, interesting story on Wilt Chamberlain. Uh, you know how we did our recruiting scandals? Yeah. Episode a few back. All right. Uh, so, Wilt. From Philadelphia, and you know he he came here at an interesting time for for the country, and so what KU did to recruit him is they hired a few African American guys to go out there and 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 try to recruit him so that they can make KU and Kansas not seem like it's this white place, which it, it kind of is and totally was back then, I'm sure. Um, and so when he came for his visit to KU, not only did they give him two thousand dollars in cash, which is a lot of money back then. But uh, they did everything they could to kind of change the campus to make it look more acculturated than it really was. Yeah, so, I believe that. Yeah, so you know, kind of an interesting story. Either way, he came to KU, and I think he's one of the greatest Jayhawks of all time. I I agree on that. You know, I was at the Fieldhouse yesterday, and I was just looking around. It was during a timeout. I was looking around and looking at the, looking at all the jerseys because you know when you're at the Fieldhouse, you know you have to, you got to take in all the. The moments and you know, the the atmosphere and take Absolutely. a look at everything you know. And I looked around and, of course, you know I looked at Walt Chamberlain's jersey and it's just like, Walt the still, Walt the still. I mean, it was it was awesome. You know, dude. Here's an interesting story though. Talking about our guys, local guys. I know this isn't KU related, but Dwayne Bow. Remember him? Yep. What number eighty two for the for the Chiefs? We actually. His autograph's over there in the man cave. He signed my Super Bowl 54 champions. Yep. Uh, he signed uh, my he my... signed my 82 jersey that I've got that's oh. over at... Uh... Oh. So Dwayne Bowe, who I personally am not a big fan of, but when he came out, man, I think he was still with the Chiefs, and this is when we sucked, and we had Matt Castle and... You know, oh, yeah, you're, I remember you telling me, yeah. and I read this article on that, too. He basically came out and announced on some show that... Um, the the Chiefs Players Alumni Association 
had it arranged so that after the ball game, all the players had a woman waiting in the hotel room for them. Yeah. And basically what they were doing is they were going on Facebook and just searching for women and, and finding gals, um, just, just there on Facebook and shipping them out to the game. Yeah. And it was funny that you mentioned that because he, like even the, the girls that he, that they, that Debo met up, they're asking, they did the research like, Hey, how's your, how's your, How's your daughter? How's your grandma? Yeah. You know, it's like... So they, they play... Think about that. You play a game. You go back to your room. There's a woman there waiting for you you've never met. She's clearly there to have sex with you. And she's talking to you and knows about your life and your family. I'm going to be like, sorry, man, but... I'm you like, gotta, red flag alert. Yeah, yeah, yeah red gonna have to go. Stranger danger. Like, come on, man. I'm like, I'm not trying to... If you're, if you're asking me how... I don't know who you are, first of all. Dude. And second of all, like, what are you doing in my room? Third of all... How do you know all this information about my family or my personal life? Yeah, so what we've, what we've learned from this episode, one, FaceTime, find out the real, get to know them. Yeah. Don't pull a Kobe, take the condom with you. Yep. Yeah, all right. So Dwayne Bowe's story, obviously, when he said that, a lot of players were not happy with him because a lot of those guys were married and their wives hear that story and they're like, excuse me, what happened in Green Bay? You know, what doesn't matter what happened in Green Bay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, you, all right. You think about it. You know, if you're in AFC West, like the Chiefs, you know you're going to Denver. You know you're going to LA. You know you're oh, going to Vegas. You're going to Vegas, dude. Barry Bonds had a woman in every town, every city he played in. <laughs> yeah, he was in what the NL West. So he had a woman in San Diego. He had a woman in Arizona. He had a woman in LA. Well, I'm, I'm sure. His I'm wife sure. In San Fran. Well, he had I'm a woman sh- in Denver. And I'm sure Mark McGuire or Sammy Sosa both too. Well, I don't. Know? I don't know, but I I know that. Actually, Barry Bonds, his mistress, came out and and did an article about what she witnessed from him from the time he the the beginning of the relationship to the end and and his steroid use within that right. time frame. But she also alluded to the fact that he had a woman in every every city that the Giants played in, at least as far as the NL West is concerned. Yeah. All right. So I, I worked with a guy who played for the Arizona Cardinals for a few years, and uh, he said. Every player on that team had an affair on their wife, except for one. And I was like, all right, tell me about that guy. And he goes, well, he said the same thing we're talking about. He goes, you got to understand, everywhere we went, there was beautiful women, you know, trying to buy you drinks and get to know you and talk to you. And it's like, it's it's impossible to avoid. All right? And he's like, that totally goes to your head, especially if you're like like him, like a guy coming from Kansas where we haven't been exposed to that to this this degree. You know, he's like, you can't say no. No, you can't. He said every player had an affair on their wife. The only guy who didn't was a devout Christian man. And he said that guy would go out and he would dance with women all night. But he, at the end of the night, he was going home. And he goes, this guy didn't drink or nothing. So right. there, on, on one NFL team, there was one one really respectable man of character there. But right. uh, LaShawn McCoy, remember him? Oh, yep. Shady, yep. played for the Chiefs. Played for the Chiefs, got right. bull ring. Dude, here's another, another story of how you don't know what you're getting to with these women. He meets a girl, brings her back home. Boom, she ain't leaving. What do you mean? You got to go. It's the morning. No, she ain't leaving. Okay. No, she wants breakfast. So she stays. And eventually her sister's staying there. And he can't get her to go. And now she's moving her stuff in. And he's like, you need to leave. And she's like, make me. He's like, no, I'm not going to hit you. Now we know LaShawn McCoy probably has CTE too because you can go and Google all the off the field issues this guy has. Yeah. Clearly something's not right with him. Whatever. Woman's there. Won't leave. She's trying to entice him to hit her to make her leave. He finally goes and says, I'm staying in my house in Atlanta or wherever. Leaves her there alone. He hires some movers to show up to move her stuff out. She acts a fool. 
So he turns the security alarm off and changes the password. Basically, we're broke up. We're done. Okay, get out. And after he changes the password, some guys show up and jack this woman up. And uh, what they were after was jewelry. Well, what was the deal with the jewelry? Well, someone gave this jewelry to LaShawn, and LaShawn had to give it back to him. And this girl knew that, and so she was basically like, well, if, you're, if I'm leaving, I'm leaving with the jewelry. And he's like, absolutely not. Sent in his homeboys to jack her up while he's out of town. Right. In theory. But what else is he supposed to do? She won't leave. I guess don't bring her home. You know, she sounds like she sounds like a gutter groupie or a working girl. Probably. You know, it's why you got to stick with the fly girls or the upper crust, man. <laughs> the fly girls don't do that. I, t- you know that I totally hear you. Yeah. So, all right, Lashawn, bro. I don't know what you're thinking, man. So, well, Lashawn, I'm glad you got your Super Bowl ring with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, well, they got one last year, Tampa too. Well, we're not talking Tampa. Dude, speaking about the Chiefs, man, that game today, so frustrating. Beautiful first half. What was it, the punt return that got called back on what should – just a horrible holding call, man. That's why you've got to have the right players on your special teams, man. That kid that got the holding holding penalty, I was like, I never even heard of him. Zane Anderson or whatever his name was. Yeah, he's on the practice squad. But it's like, man, we got to have that point. We got to get those points. You know, Tyreek catches that long pass at the end of the first half. We get at least three there. Either way, there's 10 points that got away. Chiefs lose. I, props to Cincinnati, man. They made some good adjustments. They played some great games. Jamar Chase, unstoppable. Three touchdowns. Um, I don't know why we played him single man coverage mostly. No, game, you can't. You, you you cannot play single coverage on Jamar Chase. That guy, he played. It was frustrating to watch. It was, you know, and we had we had the Bengals on third and twenty five. Great defensive stops. Chris Jones made a great sack, and Melvin Ingram got the sack. Yeah. And then third and twenty five, and I even like I was I was at I was watching it, and I was telling a couple a couple of our friends of ours, I was like, it's going to number one. It's oh, yeah. going to number oh, one. Oh, dude. I'm standing up here, and you, once you saw the single coverage, they'd line, what, three receivers on the up, opposite side, give yep. them one-to-one. You're like, you knew it was going to him. Yep, yep. Dude, so frustrating. It All is. Right. Hey, you know what, though? You're bound to lose every – every. the more you win in hey, the NFL, but you know what, the though? more likely you are to lose. It is. But you know what? I'd rather lose now than the playoffs. So. Absolutely. So I'm okay with this loss. Absolutely. I mean, it sucks that we lost because – now we're number two seed going into the playoffs. Yeah, with Tennessee at number one. And Tennessee's number one. So you have so that they makes next us, week. Tennessee treated us like a bunch of gutter groupies, man. Yep. I don't even that game was rough. Yep. Yep. And and now I'm hearing that uh Derrick Henry might be back for the playoffs. Bro, King Henry's coming back. He's probably been doing steroids this whole time because NFL NFL controls the drug testing. Hey, we're totally gonna do an episode on athletes and drugs and we will talk about that. Yeah. But I guarantee it. King Henry's coming back hungry and yep. probably more jacked than ever. Yep. Jeez. All right. Moving on. KU recap. George Mason yesterday played a great game at Fieldhouse. Dizzle was there, obviously representing the podcast. Uh, thanks to our guys there that gave him those those great seats. Um, but, dude, George Mason played a good game. They came out small. I thought their coach coached an excellent game. Dude, they 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 were hot on fire on the outside. Like, they were, you know, and that's the only way you're gonna beat KU is if you if you hit your threes, you hit your threes and you hit your outside shots. Yeah, you're gonna beat the Jayhawks. Hey, Coleman Lands played a great game though. He did, yeah. he did. You know, he fouled out late in the second half, but Coleman Lands is, you know, well, I, I, I like want the kid. More out of that, you know what? I know he played more because Remy 
was out. Yep. But I just think it just shows, man. Well, our 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 bench. I tell you what, though, yesterday. when we were we were watching, like we were at the game, and we were watching it. I tell you, man, like, and I was, I was saying this the whole time. Put start Lightfoot. Mitch Lightfoot was oh, yeah, a great. Got us eight points. Great right player. Off the bench. Yeah, he scored in the first seven minutes. He came off the bench. Eight points. He put up eight points yeah, just was, like that. Yeah. McCormick, Dave McCormick. I'm sorry, I love Dave McCormick. I do, but he's just he's not he's, he's not strong with the basketball. He's not. He plays like the ball's made of fire and his hands are made of butter. Yeah, it's frustrating. It is. You know, Lightfoot, Mitch Lightfoot just played a heck of a ball game yesterday. Yeah. You know, and Bill Self said in his press conference, he said that the crowd was amazing. He's like. It was a sellout, yeah, and it really wasn't a sellout because all the seats weren't filled up because of the weather and other thing. But the donor, because they had a donor that bought tickets at the, you know, bought so many tickets, and you could have gotten free tickets. Well, dude, but what you, I think is hilarious. You just, you, I tried to act cool, like we got, like someone gave us box tickets. You just, you just gave up the deal that they were going right. to you, 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 you know what? It, you know what cracks me up? Is, kill me, Smalls. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know what cracks me up? And what cracks me up is that K State. Is doing dollar night, and yep. on Tuesday night against Texas. Yeah, I saw that. You're doing dollar tickets for general mission, bro. I hate Texas so much. I would go to that game and root my heart. Not out. for a dollar. For a dollar, heck yeah, screw Texas. Man. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing charging a dollar for tickets? Ah, right, dude. So come on, man. I was thinking about that in preparation for this week, and I thought, man, for this week's come on, man. I wanted to do the biggest come on man of the year. And so I, I thought hard about what were the biggest come on man moments of the entire year. And and it really was not a hard choice. And and to me, my biggest come on man moment of 2021 was that lady holding up the sign at the Tour de France. Dude, Tour I remember France. that. <laughs> and she hit the cyclist and basically took out the entire Tour de France. You know, and, and of course the sign wasn't in English, so I don't even know what it said. And they're like, "Who is this lady? She was like a school teacher or something." Probably, but totally held her sign out just far enough to take out the entire Tour de France. I remember that. And I'm that. like, dude, come on, man, <laughs> who does that? But at I the same that. time, it was great. I don't know if anyone was hurt. Hopefully not. But man, I still find that funny. If you haven't googled it, go check it out. The yeah, lady taking out the entire. I Tour I, de I do remember that one. That's uh, that was hilarious. Like the guy, yeah. It's just, it's just hilarious. You just gotta. You just don't just, see that. That's, I mean, when we watch the Tour de France, it's like you watch a hockey game because you want to see a fight. You watch Tour de France because you want to see it crash, right? Exactly. Is that uh, just like was, NASCAR? That was like the best crash ever. But come on, man. Yeah. Pay attention to your side. <laughs> come on, pay attention. Uh, my, my biggest come on, man, is the Arizona Cardinals, man. You guys start off seven and zero to start the year. Yeah. All you gotta do is win basically two games and you clinch the division. And they can't do it. And you can't do it. You go three and five, and for your last eight games, you went three and five. Yeah, come on, man. Come well, on, man. I think I think Hopkins is hurt. That's that changes everything. Yeah. But, you know they're 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 beating the Cowboys now, but I can see Dallas coming back in this game. I can too. And and if they lose tonight, you're going to be. I all mean, right. all right, dude. All right. Well, if they lose tonight, they're what? Second in division? Uh, third behind L.A.? Third behind L.A., yeah. yeah. All right. Um, you know? So, speaking of come on, man, uh, Antonio Brown. Come on, man. What are you doing? Come on, dude. What are you doing? Listen, like we know something's not right with this guy. CTE for sure. 
I mean, why are you taking off your shoulder pads and your shirt? In a game that they won, too. I mean, I well, they were losing at the time he did it. But they didn't win it. Bruce Arians like, he's no longer a buck. It's like, well, I don't really want you in Kansas City. You can go play for Oakland or again. (laughs) (laughs) Go to tell the owners. Go to Oakland. Go to Oakland because they got so much stuff going on in in Vegas. I loved it it when he he called Davis uh, a cracker. That was awesome. That was yeah. That was like I mean, spoke. Hey, so speaking of loss, speaking of the Raiders and Oakland, you know, we got to do a salute service. Yeah, we do. You're right. That's a good you know, point, man. John Madden. John you know, Madden. What's crazy is he retired at 42. I watched that little documentary, and he only coached like 54 games. So it's like we've heralded this guy as a great coach, but it's like he basically won the division a few times, won the Super Bowl once, and then retired. But well, I think he knew. I think he knew he was born to be in the broadcast booth. But he on the documentary, he had no plans of going into that. That just kind of fell into his lap. Yeah. And and for that, we thank you. Well, thank you. Salute. Yeah, so John Madden, rest in peace. You were probably, I mean, probably one of the three best podcasters of, or broadcasters of all time. Well, he definitely did his part for our for his country by entertaining us all, and we loved listening to him. And more importantly, we loved the video games. And I love thank, his. Thank goodness he retired after winning one Super Bowl because I would not want to see him. The Raiders win more. I don't either. Yeah. I do love his. I do love his old saying, "the but the big bucket, the small bucket, and the baby bucket." Oh gosh, like that was you know that's yeah. that was like his saying. I saw that earlier. Yeah, I like John too, and I remember obviously the video games were great. And oh, the video games I were awesome. Remember the first year that Madden came out and had the juke move on the sixty-four. So, question great. now. So you're going for Madden twenty-two. Do you put John Madden on the cover? Why not? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, might as well. All right, so fa- one of your famous quotes from John Madden. Of mine? Yeah. I don't have any quotes of John Madden. I don't I don't really remember him saying anything that I would quote, to be honest. Yeah. I just like the big bucket, the little bucket, and the baby bucket. All like, right. Well. That was, that was always his famous, all right. famous thing. So to John Madden, we salute you. And that makes me think about moving on to our props to that guy. And I know I've got a couple this week. All right. First props to that guy is the Honey Badger for two reasons. One, you're up for the Walter Payton uh, Man of the Year Award, which I think is very noble and honorable and, and just shows what you've done to our community. And reason number two, you've got a smoking hot girlfriend. I love her. I love the football purse that she has. Uh, Google her. She looks great. So... Uh, for that, Honey Badger, we salute you. Props to you. Props to you. All right. Um, my other one is is um, a kid named Kai Thomas, who is from Topeka, Kansas, went to Topeka High here, freshman running back at the University of Minnesota, who was the guaranteed rate bowl MVP this year uh, after – Man, he put up over 150 yards in that bowl game. Actually, played great. Um, I totally forgot he played at Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I watched I watched that whole game, and uh, I was like, man, he's going to get the MVP because he played so good, and he did. So, hey, props to you. We're going to be following you throughout your career, and we'll probably be we'll probably be talking about you some more, man. Props to you, bro. Yep. You know, we're we're glad to see you do your thing. Um, so, all right, Honey Badger. His girlfriend's name is Sydney Page. Sydney Page Ruffle, Russell, excuse me. I guess they're actually engaged now. Well, nope. that means that she's she's clearly um, she's clearly upper crust girl. 
Exactly. Yeah, I'd say it's upper crust for sure. For sure. Yeah. So hey, props to you. Props to Kai. Love you guys. Yep. Um, I think before we before we finish here, Dizzle's going to give us a golf preview because <laughs> evidently they have a season in the world of golf, and the season is about to start. Yeah. Yeah. The the golf season actually the twenty twenty two golf season. What do does... they call it? What's it called? The golf it's... season? No. The the beginning. The Are they the call opener. it the PJ Tour. Well, it's it's always the PGA Tour. So the PGA Tour is technically the name for the golf season. No, the the PGA Tour is the is the tour that the golf is is the see is the tour. So yeah, they, they, they go to they different open, golf courses, right? But and whoever the, has the best score at the end wins it all, right? Right, right. Well, now this year they're I mean they they start off with a tournament that's called the Century Tournament of Champions, which is downplayed in Maui, Maui, Hawaii, and it's all with the champions that won tournaments all year last year and they're qualified for uh this the tournament of champions this year. Okay. So they play so they start in Hawaii, they go to Hawaii they go to Hawaii to Arizona and then they go to Arizona to California and they make that West Coast uh swing before they go to the Masters in April, which is in Georgia. Mm. Uh and so so this year there there's there's um, some well whoa. Well. What do you got to say about that? I mean, I'm I'm excited for the golf season. You know, this is, this is the week where it's like it's just you start up the you start up the 22 season of the of the FedEx Cup and who you think's gonna win it? The FedEx Cup, man. I, man, there's a lot of guys I I really like, you know. But um, obviously, the local guy Gary Willen, you know, I really, I really like him a lot. I'll just say you better say Gary. Or you know, if you didn't uh, say Gary, I was gonna kick you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, go Gary, man. Go Gary, you know, but um I really I really like uh John Rom, the guy from Spain. I, I do like him. I uh I also like Xander Shoffley, the uh the guy from the United States. Justin Thomas is right there too. Never heard of him. From the United States. I know, you're not golf like that, <laughs> but <laughs> but you know, it's just it's a golf season like golf is starting to come back and I'm I'm excited for it because I'm a golfer and most deaf. You know, and I mean, hey, NHL's NHL's back. Did you watch the Winter? Did you watch the Winter Classic? I did. All? I did, man. They showed the water bottles freezing. And jerseys in Minnesota was wearing was something else. St. Louis came to play. I love that the the wild players showed up in flip flops and shorts. But right. obviously that didn't work out too well for them. So, dude, funny story. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a story real quick, and then we can close up. Sure. Um, I was when I was down in uh, I was up in Green Bay this weekend, or Wisconsin. Uh, we went up to. Some guy, there's a guy's house. He has a full rink hockey rink in his backyard oh, that's cool. with glass and everything. Did you get to talk to him about it? No, you I didn't. I didn't know who it was. Oh, we, just, cool. we just drove oh, by his house. Oh, that's cool, man. It was like, it was kind of cool, you know, and a bunch of ice fishing going on there. I went to Lambo. You've never been to Lambo Field. It's, it's freaking amazing. Like, I mean, it's not as big as Arrowhead, but it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Well, so on that right. note, on that note, hey, everybody. Uh, so, as always, we're going to close it up here. And, uh, a lot of golf action going on this weekend. The Chiefs play Sunday against the Donkeys. And, as always, uh, KU plays Tuesday night against the Cowboys of Oklahoma State. Big 12 opener. Other than that, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening from the C-Dizzle and the Doc himself, the Hype Man. That's right. We'll see you next week. And, as always, let's go Chiefs! We'll see you next week.